especially on my lowest days, if I've if I've just started feeling like I haven't achieved anything or whatever, I will make sure I write down my wins. There's always wins from the day. Always. You can always find a win. So make sure that would be my advice to anyone, even though you, even if you feel like you've had the worst day ever, there'll be something that you can be proud of, even if it is you brushed your teeth, <laughs> you got up, maybe you did an online food shop in preparation for next week. Like you did the washing up anything acknowledge the wins because they they are meaningful all is not lost you know losing weight isn't easy and some days we can feel like we need some extra help welcome to the weight loss warrior podcast the show where we share inspiring real life success stories from normal everyday people like you and i Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hi everyone, Carl here at the Weight Loss Warrior podcast. Welcome to another show. Thank you for joining me and today I have a special guest Claire from East London I believe is that right Claire? That's right I'm in South Woodford yep. And how are you today? I'm very well thank you how are you? Yeah doing good and thank you so much for joining us today to tell us your success story and you know your journey of weight loss and um, before we get into that as always would you mind by starting telling us a little bit about yourself? Yep I'm Claire I'm 35 I'm a mother of two little boys and I'm a speech and language therapist working with children who are deaf. Wow. Okay. It's a very interesting job. I love my job. Yeah. I can imagine it's very fulfilling. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And two little boys as well. I understand similar ages to mine. So we uh, we had a little bit of a chat before going on air. And uh, we, I think we go through quite a few of the same situations raising two boys of a similar age, no? Yeah. And you know what? It's quite intense. <laughs> I think because there's a short age gap between them of uh, two years as well. It's, you're just always needed, aren't you? And it, I guess that lasts forever as a parent. But I think I find that challenging when I need to make that time for self-care and when other people need me. It's like, oh, I also need to look after myself. And finding that time is really quite challenging sometimes. And, and I'm sure this will link quite well into part of your story. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about your lead up to deciding to lose weight and and just a bit of background have you struggled with weight for a long period of time is it something that's you know never been a major concern tell me a bit more about that I've always struggled with body image so I've always beaten myself up when I didn't need to and now I look back and you know when Facebook likes to show you what you looked like 12 years ago and you're like what was I worrying about then um yeah I always struggled with my self-image but I didn't have any weight issues until I had my babies and gained a lot of weight in pregnancy uh gained about four stone so two of that is kind of acceptable and then two was definitely weight joined Slimming World after each of my pregnancies just for enough time to to lose it and then left um and then lockdown came uh so I'm at where I am now because of coronavirus and lockdown. So in the first wave, I was redeployed. So I normally work in a a school for children who are deaf. And I was redeployed into intensive care, which was very different to my normal day job. 
and obviously everyone's had their own struggles with lockdown and mentally uh but i experienced a lot of trauma on those shifts um accompanied with you know all the uncertainty of what was happening to the world and your mind is just in a million places uh, of your family your friends your own mental welfare and then that on top of long shifts and harrowing scenes meant that I developed PTSD um, and I haven't struggled with any mental health issues before then so it came as a shock and the only way I can describe it was that my brain was really searching for dopamine anywhere it could find it it was in survival mode it was kind of like the sky within my brain had turned to fog and cloud and there was no light coming through that's kind of my best way to describe it and in order to get any light to carry on day-to-day activities I ate and ate and ate that's why I am where I am now Okay, and and a couple of things, if we could just you know, track back and, and delve into them a, a little bit more. First of all, I can only imagine it would have been a big shock going from an environment of of working with with deaf children, um, which I would say, although I can imagine is probably a difficult job in in many respects, is a completely different environment to an intensive care unit in the midst of a global pandemic, yeah. and quite understandable that you probably weren't able probably weren't prepared to go into that environment in in the speed and and in which you probably had to transform from working with children to to going into that environment it it must have been quite harrowing Mm. and like you said with everything else happening at that same time you probably didn't even have the opportunity to process what was happening or just even take a breath and, and look back and reflect on it so the fact that you ended up suffering PTSD really I have to say doesn't surprise me when you said that because it's a very traumatic experience you've probably been through I I have a friend who's a a doctor and and spent obviously a lot of time in on wards during the pandemic and just very difficult very very Mm. difficult time I'm sorry you had to go through that really it must have been awful thank you it was awful but at the same time there were lots of positives that came from it um and uh, i loved being part of a team because the world had shut down and i was able to go and help which was a really good feeling met some amazing people and i although i got ptsd from the experience i recognized my own strengths being in a totally new environment like you say with no training no expertise like I didn't know what I was doing, but you form bonds and relationships so quickly and trust in other people. And yeah, that teamwork was very special and unique. So I wouldn't change it, but um, I am still suffering the effects. Okay. But yeah. I'll also say congratulations then for your your optimism and ability to, to find the positives in that experience. Um so well done for that and and I mean like you said you you've probably taken it and just the fact you were able to adapt and actually get through that mm-hmm. um probably says a lot about you know the strength of your character to be able to be willing to go in and, and help people in that situation as well because like you said you were obviously scared and worried for yourself for your family not knowing what was coming next but at the same time being selfless enough to help other people thank you that's very validating well I, I think it's true you know um yeah 
So as a result of that and your body's craving and, and searching for dopamine just to really try and get through the day of, of that fog you mentioned, um, mm. which is quite, I think I've heard other people discuss and, and describe you know, depression and things like that, like just a cloud of fog that you just can't seem to evade and it just yeah. seems to surround you and encompass you. And for some people, it means they can't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, they, they don't want to leave the house and that could be for weeks, months, don't want to shower, change clothes, things like that. And it's just a spiraling case of, of lack of self-care that comes yeah. from an inability to do it in that position you are in mentally, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was just terrified of everything. Um, that's best, the best way to explain it. My brain was on high alert, looking out for threat everywhere. Um, so bed was the safest space. Um, but I did, I did recognise in myself that shift quite quick, quite quickly. And I'd, I'd sort of be debriefing on, about my shifts with my husband and get into a state of cr- crying uncontrollably and sort of hyperventilating and then I was like this isn't just sadness about what's happening this is something else so then I got the help in order to begin managing that yeah and how did this tie in then with the, the weight gain that you experienced were you focusing more on your, your mental health first before you decided to turn to losing weight or, or was it something that you wanted to to do together or how did that happen do you know I couldn't focus on losing weight until I'd focused on my mental health that's I just couldn't so it's been a journey of of two years really of focusing on my mental health and getting the right support and therapy and and putting things in place to protect myself to be able to get to a stage where I can focus on the weight and and just be so aware of the things that I do to self-sabotage or sort of self-medicate that aren't helpful so yeah with with the journey of weight loss comes the awareness and I think they're just so linked they're so intertwined for me anyway with and from other people I've listened to on your podcast I know that yeah the mental the mental strength has such an impact on yeah your ability to look after your body and vice versa I think that for many people who have been on a weight loss journey they are so focused um on the physical side of things that they can reach mm. a, a weight loss goal but without having dealt with the the mental health side of it but like you said is so intertwined and so connected to it often being the cause for the weight gain or the weight problem but without any kind of support or therapy or, or understanding of that side of it which can then create yo-yo dieting that can create you know swinging from losing lots of weight to gaining lots of weight but it sounds as though you did it I want to say in the opposite direction to what I would say is probably the most common way um yeah in terms of you know focusing inward first and building strength there and and you feel that that benefited you yeah and looking back like when I'd gained weight on my pregnancies I know now that that was comfort eating so that was an emotional relationship with food. I was, you know, I was feeling rubbish being pregnant and comfort ate my through both of that, those pregnancies and then went to Swimming World, lost some weight, fine. But I hadn't tackled that relationship with food. Hence why lockdown um, and my PTSD meant that I overate. And I would come home from my shifts and order a pizza and watch Friends. And I felt like that was so self-care. 
because I was feeling very safe and comfortable. Um, so that's what I wanted to change. That's I, I felt like on my journey this time, I'm, I'm really looking closely at my relationship with food and thinking that's not a health, healthy habit. I want to change that because life is all about setbacks. There's always, there's always setbacks and there'll be something again where I am in a vulnerable position and want to reach for the food. And I, I want to protect myself for future events. And if I can ask Claire, can you give us any examples of things you have discovered which you've found a habit or a, a behaviour that you've recognised as, as not being helpful and have been able to change? Yeah, so I think... The most obvious one is feeling stressed or lonely or bored um, leads me to comfort eat. And it's not, you know, it's not comfort. It's not eating big meals. It, for me, it's choosing the wrong foods. It's about the wrong food. So that's the first that's the first thing to, that I've had to tackle. Also, that kind of self-sabotage mentality of almost, I think, you can be tempted to wait for motivation can't you you're like oh i'm not feeling motivated today so i won't do that walk or that run or whatever i'll i'll wait until i really want to do it and then it doesn't happen whereas now i will embed it and make sure it happens and always you never reg- you never regret a workout i never regret a run or a walk or getting fresh air so i think like, practicing good habits over and over again they do become ingrained um and it, they're kind of my safety there's still days absolutely still days where I reach for the wrong foods and some weeks they are it's it's bad but as long as I can it can be good on the best on the better days then overall I'm winning that's kind of how I view it if I that th- makes sense I think it makes perfect sense and I, I can personally relate to the motivation versus habit forming and the way I've I've coined it is is that motivation versus discipline and on Mm. days when you don't feel motivated if you have discipline there there that will be what takes you to the gym and gets the workout done and like you said I've never regretted it and I'll be honest there there are days when I'm not motivated I still go to the gym and it won't be my best workout ever but at least I'm glad I I haven't given up on myself or, or on my plan to do that And I I think it's very true what you said that motivation, it's very helpful to get started and it can give you that kick that you need to get into the rhythm. Perhaps if you're starting something new or, you know, you want to make a change, but it doesn't last forever. And if you're relying on only motivation, the moment that that starts to dissipate, you'll find yourself in a situation where, like you say, you you don't do what you set out to do, which brings on feelings of guilt or failure and that unfortunately can then create more feelings of not wanting to succeed because you feel like a failure. Yeah, that's something that's very, that really resonates with me. I think that in all the therapy I've had in my recovery, a lot of the focus has been on that self-talk and recognising that I'm beating myself up and being horrible to myself. I wouldn't talk to anyone else the way I would, would have spoken to myself. And I think the first step is realising where that voice has come from. Like, who spoke to you like that before, you know? Because sometimes it can be a family member or a teacher or, or whatever. And making that voice smaller and overriding it with a, with a new voice. Uh, yeah, I just think it's so dangerous, that 
negative self-talk you know you need to be your biggest cheerleader very easy said obviously (laughs) easier said than done but we have to treat ourselves with the same compassion that we would anyone else of course and I, I think until you're at that stage it's also very difficult to allow others to treat you with a compassion that they truly feel because if you doubt yourself yeah. every step you always have that doubt of others as well I think mm. and do you think Claire if I can ask this is something I mean we, we've discussed this and it, it seems more linked to post-covid lockdown you know p- suffering from PTSD that the the self-talk and the, the internal chatter that you've had as you've looked at but one of the first things you mentioned on today's episode was the fact you'd always had bad self-image um, mm. and, and bad body image and talk to yourself in that way. So it sounds as though this was something that was there before, but perhaps amplified as you went through the traumatic experiences that you had. Yeah, it's definitely always been there. And I guess growing up, I thought that was kind of normal especially as a girl, you think, and I went to an all girls school and it was kind of cool to put yourself down, you know, like, oh, I hate this about myself. So it just felt like, it felt like the norm, but I realised it was so bad because the PTSD, when I got the PTSD, it, the self-talk got a lot worse and it was like, why, why have you got PTSD? There's all these doctors and nurses doing this day in, day out, um, all the all the of all the other people I was in the ward with, like, did any of those get PTSD? I don't know, but I would really beat myself up for that. I would see it as a weakness, um, wish it hadn't happened, feel angry, just yeah, just a, a big a big variety of feelings and emotions linked to that. Something you've just described there, the beating yourself up to kind of be cool or, or fit in it. I, I don't even know so much to be cool, but kind of I, I call it the like M&M reaction and the reason why you think I'm stupid for saying this, but in the movie Eight Mile, the M&M movie, at the end, he wins his final rap battle. For anyone who's not an M&M fan, I'll, I'll give you a brief overview. He wins at the end by going first and saying all the bad things about himself that he could. So that when it was the other guy's turn to try and say all the insults, he had nothing to give. Mm. And this is something I think we do as a as a method of self-preservation and a coping mechanism that we are horrible to ourselves we say you know degrading things about ourselves in front of others to prevent somebody else having that fuel to use against us yes and what came from you therefore it's it's your choice you're in control of that and nobody else can offend you with it because you've already Mm. put it out there it it kind of gives no power to anybody else with it but at the same time you're still in a way abusing yourself I think and yeah you're still saying those things and so it's it's not a healthy method of, of coping I don't think but something that we do very very commonly something that I've just started doing is writing down compliments so I would just bat away any compliment I don't think I'd acknowledge it at all but then someone could say something quite cutting and it would stay with me for weeks so now if if I get a compliment of any sort I write it down and I've got in my journal I've got like a few pages of all these speech bubbles so it it's like a protective thing so when those cutting comments do come they my brain takes me to those pages and I can see I can visualize all those compliments on the page and then the little things someone else might say that are negative 
seem insignificant compared to this big page of compliments. Um, I found that a really useful tool. That's lovely. I, I really like that. And and I think that would be a, a great tip for somebody trying who, who wants to focus more on the positive because mm. if you can train yourself to do that, to focus on the positive, and you, you probably, for anybody listening who might have heard that and think, well, nobody pays me any compliments. I bet you'd be amazed at just oh, how yeah. many you get once you tune in to listening out for them or you accept yes. them, allow yourself to actually hear them rather than just batting them away like you said you do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your brain is a bit like Google or Alexa. If you ask it to to show you times you weren't good at something, then that's all it will show you. It won't then show you all the times that you were good at something or the times that you had great success at something. So, yeah, we have to tune our brain into looking for those good things. I'm going to now, completely off the cuff, challenge every single person who listens to this podcast episode to spend the next 24 hours listening out for compliments and writing them down and then sharing them with me if they wish to, depending on what they are, obviously, if you're, you're happy to share them publicly. But send me a, a message, either on Instagram or an email, and, and tell me some of the compliments you've received and, and whether or not you were surprised to get them because I think people would be amazed at mm. how uplifting it can be as well, actually, just to tune in and listen out for those compliments. I think it's a great idea, Claire. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. <laughs> so now, let's talk more now about the success side of your journey. Um, now, you said you, you've joined Slimming World after having both your boys. Yeah. And so did you join Slimming World a third time or did that? Actually, I would say no. I did. So you did join a third time. I was just trying to do the maths in my head, but you told me that your youngest is five, so that wouldn't have worked out. Um, yeah. And and did you do it online? Did you go back to the same group? How did you? Oh, do I, I started online. Nothing happened. It just it wasn't for me. Um, I did about three months online and, and just like lost and gained a pound every other week. So it didn't work for me. And then I found uh, a group in Woodford, which is Lorna's group. Um, it's. Uh, the same consultant as Joe, who was on. I was just about software. to ask that. <laughs> yeah, so thanks to Lorna, she's. Uh, it's it's been the group that's done me the world of good, not as opposed to getting on the scales and weighing in every week. That that has lost its significance as as the importance of the group is growing. It's being within that like, community and being with people who understand each other and support each other. That that's been the most powerful thing for me. That's incredible. And I, I mean, having spoken to Joe at length, not just during the podcast episode, but since then, we've actually become mates. And um, I don't know if he'll oh. say the same, but uh, but no, we talk quite regularly. And he has a, only amazing things to say about Lorna. So Lorna, yeah. if you are listening, keep doing what you're doing because you're changing people's lives. Um, she really is. Yeah. And, and that's not an exaggeration. Um, yeah. And, and probably many many consultants out there as well not just for slimming world but anybody who dedicates time to helping others improve themselves whether it's through weight loss mental health it's it's a very very selfless and important thing that they're doing yeah and i think the thing that's special about lorna's group is the feeling of safety and that's something that i've struggled with so feeling safe is very important for me and i think that's what's led to me feeling like I'm making progress. That's great. And and I'm very happy about that. So when you we went back to Lorna's group then and, and started, 
um i know before recording this you mentioned that you you know in the same way everybody does you you pick a target weight and to work towards and mm. did the weight did you did you manage to you know was it quite a linear journey for you did you start losing the weight in the way that you wanted to were there ups and downs how did that go uh i would say not linear <laughs> lots of ups and downs but that's just reflective of, of my mental health really um so i mean i've lost one stone since april so i'm by no means like a weight loss warrior in the sense of i've lost a ton of weight um but my warriorness comes from falling off and getting back on it's the getting back on whereas before i'd fall off the wagon leave it a while you know self-sabotage some more but now i just make sure i get back on every time so it might be um you know i might overeat or binge or make some horrible choices and feel horrible about myself but the next meal will be good the next meal i'll be kind to myself so i'm getting back on straight away i might fall off again the next meal i it, it's it's very inconsistent but for me it's just always about getting back on and that's how i am forming new habits and those habits are serving me well with my mental health and then that will link to my weight loss Absolutely. Because I think what you'll probably find is as time goes on and you have less moments in which your mental health is suffering, those mm. moments in which you may binge or turn to food for comfort will reduce as well. I was going to say another thing I've put in place is that I will batch cook on a Monday so that I've got food in the fridge for those moments. And half the time, if I'm feeling vulnerable or stressed or whatever, half the time, I will revert to old behaviours. Half the time, I will just go to the fridge and get my pre-prepared meal. Whereas before, it would there was never the option of, of making a healthier choice. Do you see what I mean? Absolutely. And, and I think it's a great idea to have that backup plan. And and yeah, obviously, mm. there'll be times when you, you feel, no, I, I, it doesn't matter what's in the fridge pre-prepared. It's not going to cut it for that moment that you're in. Um Yes. But, but you are creating the opportunity for a plan B. Yes. And like you say, half the time it may not work, half the time it does. But those times it does, I can imagine that the guilt and the the down feeling that comes after those attacks of binging, etc., is far less severe. And almost that you've won, mm. despite yeah. you know, being faced with a challenge, you've actually overcome it in that way so that's great and, and I'm going to go back to what you said Claire about you you may not be a warrior for the amount of weight you've lost and I'm glad you corrected yourself there and saying you know explaining where that warrior spirit is coming from and, and what makes mm. you a weight loss warrior because it really isn't a, an amount and, and this is for everybody who listens to this you, you don't have to qualify being a weight loss warrior or a success at weight loss only hitting over a certain amount you know you, you don't have to lose a lot of weight it's for me all about the attitude that you can develop and the strength you can build internally by going on this journey and it's not linear and you said it yourself there'll be ups and there'll be downs but being able to pick yourself up when you are down and probably at one of those lowest moments that's what makes you a warrior in all senses yeah. of the word and, and that's what gives you strength and that will be what leads to your success and has led to your success so congratulations for that thank you and I must say you know it's hard it's hard some days are a lot harder than others but 
making that choice to get back on the horse is hard it shouldn't be underestimated for anyone with a sensitive relationship with food it, it, it is hard so you have to acknowledge the strength it takes and on even on my especially on my lowest days if i've if i've just started feeling like i haven't achieved anything or whatever i will make sure i write down my wins there's always wins from the day always you can always find a win so make sure that would be my advice to anyone even though you, even if you feel like you've had the worst day ever there'll be something that you could be proud of even if it is you brushed your teeth <laughs> you got up Maybe you did an online food shop in preparation for next week. Like you did the washing up, anything, acknowledge the wins because they, they are meaningful. All is not lost, you know. That's great advice. And and even the example you said, maybe today you brushed your teeth, but for some people, they could have been the previous four days where they didn't feel able to even do that. Exactly. And yeah. it's really not about comparing yourself to others or it is... I think that, you know, I'll probably absolutely butcher the, the proper quote of this, but it's, you know, you're the only person you're in competition with is yourself. And it's mm. about being a better version of yourself than you were the day before. And I think yeah. that's a really good thing to focus on. And there'll be days where you're not a better self version of yourself than you were the day before. But it's about, I think, focusing on the next day and making sure, you know, the next opportunity you have to pull yourself back, even if it's just a tiny little bit, but just, you know, bring yourself away from, the downside and a bit closer to where you mm, want to be exactly you know there's life comes in waves it can be hourly it can be daily it can be yearly whatever but, but there if you ride the wave lean into it don't resist it you know feel the feeling wait and also acknowledge it will pass whatever you're going through it will pass and yeah ride the wave and you'll come out the other side it's great advice. And what's next for you, Claire? What What are you planning, especially going in, and, and obviously at time of recording, we're in November now. So what about moving more towards the holiday season and Christmas? Do you mean in terms of like, what's my plan with my eating? Yeah, I didn't really explain the question very well, did I? Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, in terms of managing that, is it, as, well, first of all, I guess the first question, mm. but is it, a, is it a time where you would feel vulnerable in terms of, eating because of uh, Christmas parties and friends and drinks and food and stuff or is it something that doesn't concern you even oh my goodness Christmas chocolate is my absolute downfall um that's why I was normally, asking not, 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 yeah. not because I knew chocolate was your downfall <laughs> but because it's a time where a lot of people either self-sabotage or are surrounded by things that they're not normally surrounded by like Christmas chocolate mm. It's about knowing your triggers, isn't it? Do you want, to, I mean, if I was to get like a big uh, tub of celebrations with the intention of having them throughout December as a family, as we're watching films, that wouldn't happen. I'd be secretly eating them, hiding the wrappers, and then I'd have to replace the tub. So I, I don't buy it, but I, I will buy it for the 25th of December, but I might buy it on Christmas Eve. I'm not going to buy any Christmas chocolate until it's Christmas. That's what I'm doing this year because if I buy it it's gone I, I know myself so um, even by just recognizing that you've got a plan in place which will help yeah. you cope with it better yeah and you see before I would beat myself up for that relationship I'd be like, but why can't I just have them in the house why can't I be like people who can resist chocolate why can't I be like that I'm gonna try I'm gonna test myself and I'd kid myself whereas now I no I'm not taking that risk <laughs> I think that's a very 
strong way of doing it because mm. you're, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to fail. So you're, you're succeeding by default, which is great. Yeah. And I think that's good. And having just literally had to fight myself away from the Halloween sweets that have been Ooh, in yeah. every nook and cranny in our house after the kids went trick or treating, it does now start with a Christmas shop and getting the, the Christmas food in and I really struggle over Christmas because I love it. There's so much food. I really enjoy it. And then I go back to the UK to visit my family and it's, it's even more food, that I don't even see that often anymore. It's, it's a tricky time, but I, I thought I'd ask, but no good plan. I like that. And, um, I mean, I think as well, it means that when Christmas does come, you can enjoy that tin of celebrations oh, yeah. and not feel, I'm not going to deny myself. No, no, I'm going to, I'm going to have it. Absolutely. Yeah. But you can do it in a controlled way and enjoy it. And you know that you haven't for the three weeks leading up to it been sneakily, pocketing them and, and eating them out of sight mm. so i think the enjoyment <laughs> yeah. will be more genuine as well yes oh, that's what i'm hoping for yeah excellent claire thank you so much for joining uh, me and and everyone who listens today and thank you for being today's weight loss warrior thank you for having me and thank you for giving me a safe space to share my journey i really appreciate it absolutely and you've shared some very very good advice with everybody so i, I truly appreciate that thank you so much for oh coming. thank you take care thank you bye bye i'd also like to say a big thank you to you our listeners i appreciate you joining us at the weight loss warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new weight loss warrior tell their story. We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. You can also find us on Instagram where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior Podcast and follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.